Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 163 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hi, Adam. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. I It's Halloween time. Yes. And we're doing Halloween books. And yes. I'm very excited for this. Um, not going to spend a lot of time on the intro because the episode itself is very long. Uh, just I'll give you guys a couple of notes. So this is young adult horror. I did this with Christina and Andrea. Next week, we'll be doing adult horror with Jill and Christina and Andrea. And a special new guest. And a special new guest, which is awesome. Uh, so for this episode, I had a quick couple notes that I wanted to share with you guys because I forgot. Um, Christina talks about House of Leaves. And then I cut her off because I'm sure that'll come up again in Jill's episode. Um, so this episode I did with Christina and Andrea at the beginning. And then the last like 15 minutes, I called our good buddy Don Kurtagich, who is a young adult horror author, to get some of her recommendations. So a few things about that. One, uh, Don lives in the middle of the countryside in Wales, which is very picturesque and beautiful. Not the best internet connection. <laughs> so for like the first minute, it's a little hard to hear her, but then it clears up after that. Also, I accidentally tell the same story twice to Christina and Andrea and then to Dawn because I recorded this on different days. So it's really quick, but bear with me on those two things. Um, All the books we mention are in the show notes, as always. If you open up the show notes on your podcast listening app, you can tap each of those and it will take you to the Overdrive link and you can get more information about that book and then you can see if your library has those titles. So don't have to frantically write down anything anyone says. Um, yeah, so I wanted to make sure you notice that if you're listening and you hear Dawn and it sounds like it's breaking up, it clears up literally in like 30 seconds. So just bear with it. Um, if people want to get a hold of us, how can they do that? They can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ProBookNerds, and they can also email us directly at ProfessionalBookNerds at Overdrive.com. Yes, they can. So you've heard from us a lot this week. This is the third episode in four days. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, this is a really good one. I'm excited. Um, so I won't keep you guys any longer. Again, the episode itself is a little lengthy. Lots and lots of great book recommendations from Andrea, Christina, and Don Kurtagich, who is amazing. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Hey guys, it's Adam, and today's episode, as you heard in the intro, is all about young adult horror books, and as you are, you will know, as you'll be aware, if you've listened to any of our podcasts in the past, if it has anything to do with young adult, I bring in at least two-thirds of our three-headed sass monster, and they're two of my favorite people in the office, which is saying a lot, because my brother works in this office, but I've got Christina and Andrea with me, so hello Suck to both of you that, first. Jason. Yeah. Hello! Hi! There it is. Okay, so I'm just going to do it just for people who are new. First, Christina, say hi so they know your voice. Hello, hi. Andrea? Hello, hello, hello. I'm so proud of both of you. <laughs> oh, my God. Please this is do like that the worst. Every... Do you hear that laugh? It was like, <laughs> So, actually, I will say, Christina knows this. For people who are listening in, I'm going to try not to do this, but uh, Christina... And Andrea are both my real life friends, and I call Christina CT and Krista. I call her three different things all the time, so I'm, I'm going to try not to do that during the podcast. But you can call me CT if it starts with a C; it refers to her. Exactly. Yeah. Basically, um, C money. Right. Well, really no, we're not. No gonna, one's ever called me that. No one's ever, ever called in my life. I'm going to start. Um, okay, so I will. I'll try to say your names ahead of time. But first off, I, I wanted to say Christina knows this. Um, people have started like responding to things on my our social media with like hi hello hi like Jill and I don't have taglines but somehow Christina does Andrea if you if you start record- saying hello 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 like that every time from now on I will great. perfect cool that's gonna be my new thing it's my goal to have everyone here who comes on as a guest have like their own catchphrase I like hello. how I just force myself to have a thing it's my thing this yeah. is my thing I can never say hello another way I listen to other podcasts and like some of them who have much 
a much bigger budget than us have like intro music for all these different people but it's like created from scratch for them <laughs> i just have to have you i could create my own intro it won't be good no but i could do it i can like beatbox no all right this is gonna be a long episode okay so what we're doing stop it okay uh what we're going to do today is kind of like normal when Jill and I go back and forth with book recommendations. Uh, I'm going to kind of ping back and forth between you two and we'll talk about the different books. But all of these fall under young adult horror. That was Christina putting down a drink. Uh, all of these fall under young adult horror or like young adult horror adjacent. So <laughs> we'll go through these pretty quick. <laughs> She's trying to put it down so gently now. Yeah. You can go ahead. You can put the drink down. I won't be that abrasive. I don't know why stories. when you're like, that was Christina putting a drink down. I immediately picked mm-hmm. it back up as if it was going to like. <laughs> no, you're fine. Sorry. The end. I mean, if you, if you could not slam it on every time. But okay. It, sorry. Okay. It's a Yeti. Cool. Industrial. All right. So I asked these two to come up with young adult book recommendations, much like we did last year. And they did not disappoint. Christina has. 15. Andrea has. 10. Amazing. All right, Christina. So just because, remember, because you both have that, and I have a thing after this that I'm parting, I'm putting onto the podcast. Let's not do like 15 minutes per book because you guys have a lot of them. Okay. This, Don't tell me how to this live. This will my still life. be a long podcast. Okay. As all right. It I'm ready. I'm ready. Christina, start us off. <clears throat> the Merciless by Daniel Vega. Uh, this is the craft meets Clueless. So. If you guys have read it. pretty good. Like, that's a whole description right there. That's all you need to know. Um, You're a virgin who can't drive or do magic. So the the it's Brooks, Brooklyn Stevens. Brooklyn Stevens. I hope you guys heard that. So um, I hope they did, too, because it's a podcast. They better be listening. Uh, it's, it's not horrifying by any means. It's almost grotesque in a way, and I love it. Like, this book does, does not shy away from, like, the gory, bloody details, and I love it, and it's amazing. Um, so Brooklyn Stevens, uh, meets these three girls, Riley, Grace, and Alexis on her first day of school, craft vibes, and, um, she admires them, she wants to be like them, obviously, as it turns out, you should not want to be like them, because they are terrible, horrific, mean girls. Is one of them Nancy? No, but I'm assuming, yeah, I would say probably, mm, Riley, but anyway, so it has, it's a series, the the next one is called The Exorcism of Sophia Flores, then Origins of Evil, and then the last one, Last Rites, is not out yet, I think it comes out next year, um, just really good time, like, it reminds me of one of those horror movies that you love to watch that is not, like, compelling Oscar-winning stuff. Like, this is just... So, like, most horror most, movies. It's, it's is a there good, ever a horror movie that like they were, really like, It's, like, a really good Oscar. grotesque horror movie with, like, a lot of just, like, yes, I'm here for this. I, it was it was really... It was a good time. Awesome. I would like to watch a horror movie that's been nominated for an Oscar. I think The Exorcist. Yeah. Oh. That wasn't that good. Coming at you with some facts! Did you just say that wasn't that good? I mean... I... Give us your first book, because I don't want to get on a tangent about how angry that makes me. I'm jaded, okay? Give, a, give me your first book. Um, so I'm currently, I'll give you my current read. It's Odd and True by Cat Winters. And no way, you're reading a Cat Winters I book? I know! Shock. Shock and awe. Um, so this is a story about two sisters in 1909, and Truchin, my apologies to Cat if I pronounced that wrong, which I feel like I did, um, goes by True in the novel, um, grew up hearing her sister Odette's Odd, Stories of like their monster slaying mother. Wait, and her name. Their names are True and Odd. Oh, I get it. Sorry. <laughs> Keep going. So, You're doing um, really well. And I'm so proud her of you. sister always told us these her these stories of like their mother hunting monsters and their uncle is a magician and all these like marvelous tales. Um, and then, so they live with their aunt. Their aunt sends Odd away for unknown reasons, and two years later, Odd comes back and tells True. Now that you're 15, there's monsters after you, and I need to teach you how to protect yourself. And then True is like, well, you're crazy, but you're my sister, and I miss you, and I love you, so I guess I'll go with you. And then they encounter um, the Leeds Devil, or as you may know, the Jersey Devil. And it turns out maybe Odd isn't so odd <laughs> after all. You're so proud of that. I am. I shouldn't be, but I am. It's okay. Great work. <laughs> She also had a, you guys can't see this, but it was a very good arm gesture for that. I, I'm, whenever, ever, anytime we do recordings for the podcast where there's more than two people, we have to use two different rooms and there's a big glass wall in between it and I'm in the one by myself. I always feel like a zoo animal this way. 
Anyway. You look like a zoo animal. Oh, sick bird, bro. Chris- Christina. <clears throat> Aw. I keep clearing my throat. I don't know why I keep doing that. I hope that was the last time I do that. This yeah, podcast. anytime you can clear your throat, if you just get real close to the microphone. <laughs> Sorry. Podcast listeners love that type of thing. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> um, I do want to make a brief amendment to the Merciless. The main character is named Sophia Flores. Brooklyn Stevens is a side character. Sorry. Sorry, anyone listening. All right, next book, The Ravenous by Amy Lukovics. Um, it's about five teenage daughters uh, who live in the middle of nowhere. They have uh, their their youngest and most beloved sister, Rose, actually dies in a tragic accident. Mona, who's the main character, and her sisters are, of course, very upset. But uh, she actually comes back from the dead. But they soon discover that she has to eat human flesh to survive. Oh, that's a bummer. And <clears throat> amidst all of this, sorry, I did it again. You're fine. The mother, their mother abandons them, and they basically have to kind of rely on each other to keep the family together on top of having this flesh-eating little sister. I mean, anytime there's a, a little kid that's just a horrific demons type character, I'm I'm a big fan. So Little kids are creepy, man. Yeah, and it uh, it's a, it's it's a good read. It's again, like I love when authors don't shy away from real bloody stuff, which is weird to say, but I I enjoy when they're like, yeah, we're not going to just like ghost past this. We're going to go through like the bones breaking what it Sounds like mm-hmm. like I'm I'm here for that. So this was that was really good. Um, definitely read that. Definitely a good Noice. time. Andrea. Um. So the one I just recently finished, Slasher Girls and Monster Boys. This was a collection by like 14 different authors, and they're all scary stories and psychological thrillers. They were all very good. Yeah. Um. And kind of along the lines of the Ravenous, there were scenes where you're just like. Um, particularly A.G. Oh my God, A.G. Howard stitches. Is mm-hmm. A.G. Howard? I know is inspired by Frankenstein, and they talk about cutting through the bone and. The, so right up Christina's alley. Yeah. Um, so my three favorite from that one were "In the Forest, Dark and Deep" by Carrie Ryan, which was inspired by Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and the Alice in Wonderland Disney movie. Don't really know how the mm-hmm. Disney movie inspired this book because, oh boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, the white rabbit is never going to be the same again because oh, this white rabbit is yeah is up there. Um, Hide and Seek by Megan Shepard. That was inspired by Final Destination, The Crow, and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> um, so in that one, a girl is murdered by her stepfather then makes a deal with death's representative to win her life back. Um, so she plays a game of hide and seek with death for 24 hours. That's really cool. And if she wins, she gets to stay alive and all collateral damage within the last 24 hours is erased. If she dies, she gone. She dies and all the collateral damage stays. That one was really good. And the third, my t- third one was Sleepless by Jay Kristoff. I'm not going to tell you what that one was inspired by because it, I think it gives too much away. Okay. Um, but that one was really good too. And they're so all short stories. They're all short stories. That's awesome. So did you discover this because one of an author that you love was a part of it? A lot of them. Lee Bardugo's in there. Cat Winters is in there. Lee's in there. God, she's the best. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot in there. As we're recording this, Lee Lee Bardugo has two books in the top five of the New York Times Y bestsellers list. She's just phenomenal. She's a queen. Love her. Her outfits. She posts them on Instagram and her stories. Mm-hmm. Slay. Slay all day. Can't tell you how honored I feel to be able to call her one of my friends. Just saying. Hi, Lee. <laughs> um, I, I actually have a, a bunch of books as well, that, so I'm going to drop it some in here and there. Uh, I have been deep diving the crap out of horror, both adult and YA. Uh, one that I just listened to is called Revenge of the Witch by Joseph Delaney. I listened to the audiobook. It is done by the narration is done by uh, deceased actor Christopher Evan Welch who is incredible in this Uh, it is all about this young boy who is the seventh son of a seventh son well that's just bad juju right there (laughs) it's actually good juju oh is it Um, yeah so he goes Ah. so they're basically they are living this town where like monsters exist and there's witches and there's Boggarts and there's ghosts and goblins, all sorts of stuff. And people know it exists. Yeah, and a, so there's like, this one particular person 
um, in every, like, not really county, but, like, all across the world, there's a bunch of these different people. They're called spooks, and they're the people who go in and, like, fight against these types of, you know, ward off these evil spirits and all sorts of stuff. And so in order to kind of have, like, the power to do this, if you're a seventh son of a seventh son, you're able to do this. So the seventh son of the seventh son, um, he goes on and, like, becomes the apprentice and, of the spook's apprentice, and it's all about him learning what the the spook does and then something happens with a witch where he has to kind of take charge much earlier than he should in his apprenticeship and one of the most amazing things in the world happened in this i was like halfway through it and just absolutely loving it so i was like i wonder if there's like a sequel so i'm gonna just try and place that on hold while i'm listening to this there's like 15 of these and i am so excited (laughs) because they're amazing uh it's so much fun it's uh, kind of the same thing. Like they even they very much tell you about like the grossness of some of the stuff. Like there were some parts I was like, oh, that's that's creepy. Um, so much fun. It's part. It's the first book in the Wardstone Chronicles, which there there are just so there's so many of them. Uh, so this one's called Revenge of the uh, the Last Apprentice, Revenge of the Witch. It's Joseph Delaney. Highly recommend it if you are a fan of. And it's quick. Like, I think it's like a five-hour audiobook. Oh, that's so. not bad. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So I don't know what that equates to in pages, but not many. Probably like two-something. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Uh, Christina. Uh, Daughters Unto Devils, also by Amy Lukovics. She's really good at YA horror. Um, this one is more haunted house vibes. Uh, Amanda Werner uh, and her family moved to a small mountain cabin in the prairie. So obviously just bad decisions all around. Alrighty, that's like a <laughs> Alrighty, bad choice. what are you doing? And there she slowly kind of starts to uh, lose her sanity. And the house itself has some really interesting, um, just interesting things about it. Like when they first arrive there, they discover the inside covered in blood so they decide to stay. They decide to stay. That's fine. Obviously, uh, that's what you does. do as you undoes. Um, and there is a boy that she's secretly meeting to kind of help her starve off her insanity. And then he gets her pregnant. So there's stave. that. Stave. Stave off? Stave off? I think you stave off something. Well, starve off would work too, right? Maybe. She's trying to keep her from going too insane. Yeah. Well, she uses we him as a distraction. He gets her pregnant. So there's this whole Rosemary's baby element you're not sure of. Um, just a <laughs> lot of <laughs> deeply, deeply unsettling things going on. And it's not as grotesque as The Ravenous is, but it's more just that unsettling. You just don't feel safe the whole time you're reading it. Like something's going to happen. Something's about to go wrong. And you're never really quite sure what and when. And when it does... It's deeply satisfying, so check it out. Yeah, my my good review on that one was really, like, deep and well thought out. I will read it to you. I'm not entirely sure what happened, but I do know I'm a little creeped out. <laughs> That's the entire review. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, a, that is, that is, there is a lot that happens at the end that you're not, it, it's the idea of, like, what's real and what's not. Right. Was she insane? Was the house ever actually covered in blood? You'll, you know. An unreliable narrator. You never can trust them. The descent into madness is a wild one. Andrea. <laughs> I'm just going to keep this ship going. Ship? Ship. 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 With a P? Keep this ship going. Did you going. think he said the other word? I think he, I thought he said keep this ship going. I mean, they yeah, both work. They both work. Yeah, that's true. Much like Stave and Starve. Andrea, what's your next book? So, my next book is Brother by Ania Alborn. So, this is a very dark, disturbing, violent, perfect if you're a horror extremist. So the this is family. This the, is YA? This is young adult? I don't, yeah, I want to say it is. Let me double check. That is the point of this podcast. Shh. Talk amongst yourself while I Goodreads Christina, do you want to give uh, us another one while we wait for Andrea? Sure. The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. You know what the worst thing was? Is I was more prepared. She did all her stuff this morning. Why can I say that? I was hold prepared. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I do <laughs> want to point out, you're looking up a book to confirm that it is YA, and technically the one that Christina's about to talk about is also not YA, but it can be read by young adult readers. It's so. Shirley Jackson. You know, in the 1950s, young adult fiction was not really a defined thing yet. Why can't I find this? It's, it's Hey, Andrea, I'm stop sorry. talking to yourself into the microphone. <laughs> Christina, uh, talk about Haunting on Hill House. Four seekers who arrive at a notorious, notoriously unfriendly house called the Hill House. So... 
It's I love this book. It's like the best haunted house book ever, still to this day. There's been movies done about it. It doesn't do the book justice. Talking about that unsettling feeling. They're basically at the mercy of Dr. Montague, and he's an occult scholar looking for solid evidence of a haunting, which, what a jerk. And their house, obviously, in itself that he takes them to has this whole story behind it. Just so good. And I, I have read this book. I don't even know how many times at this point, but it still scares the crap out of me. And I don't know if you guys have seen the movie. It has Owen Wilson, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Liam Neeson, which if you ever want to look up movies Liam Neeson's in, he's in like all of them. Because we were trying to, to confirm. <laughs> we were trying to confirm if Liam Neeson was in this in this film. Owen Wilson. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. And Star Wars. I oh, just man, wow. I actually really loved that movie, but the movie, it's just the book is so much better, and I think everyone could benefit from reading it. Like, if kids today are so interested in, like, the instant gratification scares, now go for the long mm-hmm. scare. Yeah, like, there's this house on a hill, and it's haunted. Wow. <gasps> I love doing Owen Wilson impressions. Um, Andrea, did you ever find... I'm still looking because more people on... Seven people on Goodreads say it's adult, and two people say it's young adult. Talk about the book, and then we'll just give a, like, a, hey, maybe... This is for young adults who are more professional. This is like ready. 17, 18, 19, okay. we'll say. All right, we'll say can... the higher end of young adult. Okay. Start talking about your book. Um, so this family is the Moros. They keep to themselves, and they're can very- Can you remind everyone the name of this book? Oh, Brother by Nia Alborn. Perfect. Um, so girls tend to go missing on their side of the highway, but the police just kind of don't knock on their door because they're so, like, fucked up um (laughs) so which it's a good thing for them because they are actually murdering these girls and burying them in their backyard Mm. so house with thousand corpses style yeah so the 19 year old son is not into this um sorry he (laughs) he doesn't like like his his older brother is really into like murdering girls and chasing them down and like the chase and the catch and all that and he's just like i want to live a normal life but my family won't let me so then he falls in love with this girl in town, and he's like, oh, maybe I have a chance for normalcy. And his brother's like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm going to kill your girlfriend. Yes. Um, so it's it's very, very, very good. But I would say it's the higher end of young adult if you're going to read it, because there are some scenes where you're like, well, bye. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we, we actually talked about this morning, this morning when we were going over our list, and I was like, well, it all depends on what you define as horror. Like, what is is it horrifying? Does it make you feel uncomfortable? Is it paranormal? Mm-hmm. I think... Yeah. Anything. Because there's like there's like one scene in the beginning of the book where the um where Michael's in his room and he hears this girl outside screaming and running and like screaming for help and her brother is chasing her and her dad's chasing her and he's just like <sighs> Another day. Yeah. <laughs> I, um So it's like day. he likes to accept that his family's this way, but mm-hmm. it's just they're just I have one. Blah. I have one that's the opposite end. This is um, like borderline juvenile slash YA, but it's also horror. I love when things are categorized as juvenile fiction and horror, just like the idea <laughs> of being like it's a juvenile horror. Um, oh, Casper, a little, a little ghosty, kind of. Yeah. So this one's called Doll Bones by Holly Black. Uh, it's a haunted doll alert. So it doesn't matter how Chucky. Um, no, it's no, it's a- Annabelle. Kind of Annabelle adjacent. All right. Um, so there's too these, many haunted dolls. There's these three kids. Yeah, any of these haunted doll. I'm creeped up by. I'll leave you right there. Yeah. Uh, there's these three kids: Zach, Poppy, and Alice. They've been friends for a long time. Uh, growing up, they created this incredible fantasy world where they uh, would use their action figures and the dolls that they had to basically like play out this whole story. Um, and it is centered around this pirate and this pirate ship, and they, like, sail all over the place. And they've created in their own neighborhood sort of, like, different places. So, like, the gravel in front of one of their houses is, like, the ocean. And then there's – they go to the junkyard sometimes, and they'll, quote, unquote, tell stories in the junkyard, and that's, like, the Silver Hills is what they call it. So they've created this whole whole world, and one of the the person ruling over all of this is called uh, the Great Queen – and the great queen, they've never taken it out, but one of the uh, one of the mothers has purchased this bone china doll, 
um, and they keep it in their house and it's in a uh, like a case and the mother says like that's super valuable do not play with it and so because it's in this case they say that like it has a spell on it and they um, things happen and they unlock the spell by taking the doll out and then they find out they're like oh it might super be cursed <laughs> and so that from there it kind of turns into like um, Stand By Me or like the Goonies where like they have to go on this like ridiculous adventure to uh, bury the doll and um, it's just anything that has to do with the doll creeps me out and this is very very good um, and then and much like the um, the Sorcerer's Apprentice it's like five hours as an audiobook so it's it's pretty sure you can get through it but like even though it says it's juvenile horror like they it, the, it's so creepy so this is why you should always buy dolls new in the box this is why you, should, you should never buy a doll don't buy dolls just don't buy dolls we had I grew up with porcelain dolls in my bedroom so I'm like I'm lucky I'm alive we have in our house my mom has had, oh my parents house they have like an animatronic Santa Claus that she puts out every Christmas and it's like two feet tall and it's kind of porcelain looking and when you plug it in it moves its arms slowly back and forth and like it turns its head yeah no one Andrea no one can see you doing the robot you um, can I can but like this thing my mom knows I was terrified by it and she would always put it out it's like right in the foyer it's like to go upstairs to go to bed I'd have to walk past it and I was always when I was in high school I was the last one to go to bed in the house and like we would leave all our Christmas lights on all night so I'd have to walk by this creepy moving Santa like it made like the creaky creaky sounds and it was so upsetting but she kept putting it up I'm waiting for the day when you walk by and says Merry Christmas Adam (laughs) my family has this like music that plays when you drive up the driveway like do 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 I don't know you guys would have understood it was music I don't know why I did that Um, and one year I was home by myself and it went off just by itself and I called my parents, and I was like, I don't care where you are. Come home now. I'm about to be murdered. Um, but You didn't, right? I'm alive still. It's cool. very much a Or are you? <laughs> I'm a ghost. Surprise. Uh, Juliet Immortal by Stacey J. So this one was, this is a hot take, but <laughs> I think that this qualifies. So it's a retelling of the Juliet Capulet and Romeo Montague story. Um, you could have just said Romeo and Juliet. People probably wouldn't know what you were talking about. I just about. wanted to clarify. Who's who? These specific Romeo and Juliet's. Your girl, Julie. So, um, basically, the love story is not what you think. And actually, he, Romeo in this story, sacrificed Juliet to ensure his own immortality. And he is basically zombie Romeo. And they are at odds with each other in the middle of a great holy war. So, for like 700 years... Juliet's sole task has been to preserve romantic love in the lives of the innocent while Romeo has fought on the dark side. And I'm more interested in Romeo's character than I am in Juliet's. She kind of sucks in the story. because Juliet sucks in general. She learned nothing. She was basically like, I'm going to try and preserve romantic love for 700 years and then fall in love instantly with somebody else when the first chance I get to... Anyway... The Romeo aspect of the story is what classifies this as horror. Again, pretty much anytime there's a zombie, I'm here for it. And I'm more interested in him than I am in Juliet's whole story. And he's the bad guy. So just to clarify, did you like this book? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because my next question is, if you didn't, why are we talking about it on the podcast where we recommend books? No, I didn't. didn't like it. I think a lot of people will like it if you like the Romeo and Juliet story and are interested in seeing a really compelling retake. So now that we've trashed Romeo and Juliet, if you Look, like it's it. not the best. It's not. I think if you want to read... days. If you want to read a horror Romeo and Juliet story, this is the one okay. to read. And there's the sequel. What's so interesting? So I had a harder time with Juliet's story, which I have a hard time with Juliet's story, period. The second book is from Romeo's perspective. He's been given this second chance to, like, redeem himself, but he's still rotting. Mm. So. It's like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Basically. It's, it's a good Juliet story. I just, I didn't really identify with Juliet. I identified with the bad guy, which sometimes you do in horror stories. Like, maybe he's just, you know, misunderstood. That's why he's killing everybody. Maybe Freddy just wants to take a nap, too. Yeah. It's like a soft recommendation. <laughs> no. It's not, it's not for everyone wasn't necessarily for me, but I, I enjoyed it. Okay. Andrea. Here's a book I actually recommend. And everyone will love. Wow. 
Catwinner's novel. The Uninvited. Okay. So tell us about it. I'm excited Ivy to hear it. Rowan is 25, and the women in her family can see ghosts. Except they're typically so they're typically ghosts of loved ones, and whenever they see a ghost, someone's about to die. So one night, and this takes place in 1918, she comes downstairs and sees her dead grandmother's ghost in her mother's rocking chair. And then an hour later, her father and younger brother come home, admitting they have killed a young German soldier in retaliation for her older brother dying over in World War One. So horrified by their actions and being unable to live in the house with them, she moves out of their farm-esque town or home and goes to live in town. And while she's in town, um, it's 1918, she gets involved in, you know, jazz and passion and freedom and all these people who are like, <laughs> you know, jazz. Yeah, you know, <laughs> um, you know, we have to live. There's a speakeasy. She's like, the people are like, we live for today because in this, you know, era with the flu and the war, we could be dead tomorrow. Sure could be. Um, and while she's in town, her she continues and she refers to them as uninvited, the ghosts. Um, they keep popping up. And she's kind of wondering what's going to happen because she continues to see all these ghosts and she only sees them when someone's about to die. Interesting. So it's it's very, very good. Nice. Is there a romance? Yes. Okay. Just wondering. It's, a right. very, it's very subtle. It's not like the point of the story. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of a subplot. I always get mad in YA horrors when, when like the main character falls in love with the ghost. I'm just like, I mean, this doesn't going to work out for you. <laughs> Yeah. How do you uh, see this going forward? One of you is going to have to die. It's like Casper. We talked about this. Or move on. Can I keep yeah. you? All right. We're at a half hour, so we need to keep moving. Uh, a Madness So Discreet by Mindy McGinnis. Love this one because it actually, Mindy is from Ohio. We met her at a book expo, and we got her book, both of us. And we got it signed. Two years ago? Two years ago. Uh, this one is kind of a uh, thriller horror meets uh, psychological psychological meets like Sherlock Holmes kind of vibe. So uh, Grace is in a mental hospital and she's steadily going into madness. And this is also set in 1890 Boston in, in the opening of the book when um, asylum practices were questionable at best. This is when lobotomies were still a thing. And she meets a doctor, uh, Dr. Thorn Hollow, who kind of sees something in her and he takes her with him to a ethical insane asylum in Ohio, because we're ethical here. And they work together to kind of solve crimes. Because of Grace's experience, she has this, like, very sharp memory. Like, she remembers details, images, just things that you and I would not recall. And uh, kind of helps him solve these crimes. They're tra- tracing this or tracking this man who is a serial killer. Uh, just a lot of interesting thing going things going on in this book. There's no romance. Don't think that Thorn Hollow and Grace are a relationship. No, this is very much them solving crimes. There's a lot that happens. And at the same time, Grace is definitely still very unstable. So you have that unri- unreliable narration going on. It's just a really good book. And uh, just I really enjoyed it. And I really kind of liked how it how it wrapped everything up. Nice. Andrea? Um, when does this come out? Around Halloween. Okay. So. Do you have a book that's coming out? Is that what you're on talking On the 10th. About? Oh, yeah. That's so yeah. today it would be this Tuesday, depending on the book is already, The book's already out. The book's already out. Okay. Yeah, we're good. So this is called The Hollow Girl by Hilary Monahan. Yeah, I want to read this. Yes. So Beth Ann is an apprentice. <laughs> yes. To a green oh, healer named Dorina. You're ruining me. Sorry, Throw start, me off. start over. Go ahead. So Bethan is an apprentice, apprentice to a green healer named Dorina in a clan of Welsh Romanis. This is not my big fat gypsy wedding, people. Get that out of your head right now. Out of what? my head. What's that? Gone. The Romanis. Wouldn't even dream of it. Didn't even. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. So one night, Silas, who I believe is the son of, like, the head of the clan, um, and his friends brutally assault Bethan and a half-Roma friend, Martin. As emptiness and hopelessness as she feels from the attack, she asks Dorina to bring Martian back from death's door. But the way to save him is gruesome. She must collect um, an ear, some hair, an eye, and nose, and fingers for the spell. 
It's like a really dark. Uh... Oh shoot! What is the musical that has all the different um, fairy tales in it? Why into the woods. Into the woods. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a super dark into the woods. Yeah, this is very dark. <laughs> for some reason, I thought you were thinking of the word for recipe, and I was like, yeah, like <laughs> stew, recipe, stew. What are we going for? Sorry. Um. So. So she gives the boys who assaulted them a chance to come forward and apologize, and when they don't, she knows exactly where to collect her ingredients. Ooh. Is it in the woods? It's in the woods. Into the woods. Into the woods. I'm, out of the woods. I'm just like a really big fan when people get like hacked up in books. So anyway. I feel like these guys are in trouble. At home before dawn. Uh, last um. I have a bunch of books that I'm excited about, but before I talk about those, I want to wrap up with it. Wouldn't Sarah, are you about to do a commercial break on my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be right back. I have a messages from these. Start a mattress, the best sleep of your life. Um, Actually, Casper mattress has a lot of. Why you got correct me? Neither of those interviews. are sponsoring this podcast. Hello Fresh. We're not. Please Third stop love. naming things that normally sponsor podcasts that aren't yet sponsoring our podcast. Talkspace. This defeats. You are just crippling my income. Thank Patagonia you. Patagonia jacket. Only because I want one. And if like you want to just you know throw one. Christina. Um, the House of Leaves. Yes. Go quickly because nineteen people on our podcast have talked about. I this know. Book. Okay, but obviously we've all talked about it. We all love it. There's a reason we keep talking about it. It's not even available digitally. So obviously this is a book you should read. Um, I've talked about this enough times. Jill loves it. Everybody loves it. It's horrifying. You won't sleep for days. Um, in addition to this, there is the Wowstow Letters, which is part of the House of Leaves, which occurs during the House of Leaves that you can now also read separately. That actually is not that scary. It's a very compelling mother-son story. So read the House of Leaves. Be terrified for four days. Get nothing done. Be four afraid days. to go to the restroom. And then read the Wowstow Letters. Do that in four days? The House of Leaves? Yeah. Yeah. You're a monster. She is ridiculous when it comes to reading. Thank you. Yeah, that's a compliment. She's a speed right. reader. Like, literally, we talked about House of Leaves a bunch in this podcast. Anyway, the end. That's a good book. Read it. Good job. Andrea? Um, I feel like at some point we talked about Stalking Jack the Ripper. Alex loves that. So I'm going to dive into the sequel. Alex is my wife. People who are listening might not know that. Um. Yes, when this comes out, it will be right around the time when Carrie Maniscalco's episode will be, have come out. So talk briefly about it. It sounds really good. I really like Stalking Jack the Ripper, and I'm excited she's going to Dracula's castle. Yes. All so right. it's hunted, that good? Yes. Hunt, so <laughs> Stalking Jack the Ripper is by Carrie Maniscalco. Uh, I don't want to give away too much because, again, I talk about that and Hunting Prince Dracula with her on the podcast. Um, but... So I say they are crazy good. They're amazing. And actually, at time of recording, Hunting Prince Dracula is like number four on the YA bestsellers list right now. And they so. haven't released the audiobook, so I'm still a little better. Yeah. Shout outs to, to Carrie. Uh, these books, I've, I've told this on the podcast before, but just for you two to know. Uh, these books are so good that I was given free copies of them because of the interview. And my wife, Alex. You have Haunting Prince Dracula? I do. We'll talk after we stop recording. Yes, we will. Uh, my wife, even though I got free versions of this that she read both of them, she went out and purchased them because she's like, I want to make sure this wonderful little lady, Carrie, gets her money from me. So we now <laughs> have multiple copies. Yes. Anyway, they're very good. We will talk after we get done recording. Okay. And Christina is next. Uh, these are the next couple I'm going to talk about now are the ones that I'm excited about. The, these have all since come out. I think they came out at the end of September. So House of Ash by Hope Cook. Uh, very excited. Very, very awesome cover. More than anything, that's what got me interested. Uh, so after hearing voices among an eerie corpse of trees in the woods, 17-year-old... I struggled over what that word was. <laughs> eerie? No. Corpse. Cops. I have it written as cops of trees, and now I don't know if, like, a cops of trees is a thing. Anyway, 17-year-old Curtis must confront his worst fear, that he has inherited his father's mental illness. And it's a boy narrator. Yay. There's not a lot of those. Uh, a desperate search for answers leads him to discover a Gravenhurst, which is a labyrinth mansion that burned down in 1894. And he sees a Victorian girl in the forgotten mirror. He believes she's one of the fire's victims. And he wants to solve the mystery of her death. And also she's a character in the story as well. This is like... Sounds like Crimson Peak, the movie by yes. Guillermo del Toro. Yes. Which, yes. man, was that beautiful. I love Guillermo beautiful, del Toro. Beautiful, but also very messed up. I love Guillermo del Toro. It's very good, though. Crimson Peak is so good. Crimson Peak. That's how Guillermo del Toro says it, because he has a fun accent. Uh, Andrea, do you have more? I do have more. So the next one comes out November 7th, 
so shortly. Yeah, that that has not come <laughs> and gone just yet. So this is Devil in Ohio by yes. Daria Politan. Sure. <laughs> we looked it's, at Adam like, yes, how do you get yeah, Adam, these, tell me. As I have mentioned in the intro, all of these are, all of the books that we talk about are in yes. our show notes. So this is a, a story about a strange and damaged girl who lives with a family after escaping a cult. And it's a debut novel, and it was inspired by true events, which me right there, I'm like, tell me more. I love cults. Um, yeah, a cult inspired by true events. Here for it. So, in Ohio. In Ohio. The birthplace of cults. Keep talking, Andrea. <laughs> That's not a fact. Please don't. So Jules comes home from school to find a strange girl, um, and her mother explains that May is one of the patients at the hospital and will be staying with the family for a few days. Right there, I think this is poor motherly. Like, yeah, we'll just bring this strange girl home with me. That's fine. Whatever. Um, so shortly after, May is wearing Jules' clothes, sleeping in her bedroom, edging her out of position of the school paper, and kissing her crush. And then, then things get weird. This is like, for people who are listening in, I think at this time, Big Library Read is still going on. This is kind of like The Hundred Lies of Lizzie Lovett, which is our Big Library Read title right now. That sort of is a, a part of the plot of that book. So go to biglibraryread.com and, and borrow that too. <laughs> but yeah, Craft so promotion. then, yeah, wait, wait a minute. I'm a company man at the end of the day. Um, and then Jules realized that May was part of this cult that will do nothing to get her back. Nothing. Stop at nothing. Stop it. Thank you. Stop at nothing. They <laughs> will do nothing. You are free to go. I yeah. said it. And then I like, for those of you listening, I said it. And then I looked in the corner of the room like, that's yeah. not right. Not a lot of drama in this book. <laughs> she tries to get out of the cult and the cult's like, fine. fine. Goodbye. We're we done. don't want you anyway. Uh, Christina next. You can't sit one, with us. This one's probably a little bit more juvenile YA. Uh, it's called Come As You Are by Stephen Ramirez. Uh Ivan Stein is a seventh grader in middle school, rough time of life, and he's getting picked on, and him and his friend Ollie just have a really rough go. They live in a very impoverished, middle-of-nowhere town, and one day they stumble across an old notebook in an abandoned locker at school. Anytime you fall in an old diary, like, come on. And, in uh, an abandoned locker at school, I have yeah. a problem with that, too. And it unleashes an, a, a powerful magic that they can use to punish their enemies, uh, but demonic forces actually control this book so once you obviously interact with demonic forces you have to do their bidding uh sounds very very interesting and uh, i'm pretty excited about it terrifying diary in latin uh doesn't it what would two seventh graders who find a diary in latin do they'd be like cool well if it's um have you ever seen the cabin Cabin by josh whedon or okay first off cabin in the woods Uh, whatever is the name of the movie you knew what i was talking about i do because i just watched it again you never speak latin in front of the books that's true you you don't do that doesn't say if it's in latin but could be i mean i could probably read latin if you put it latin in front of me it probably wouldn't be pronounced correctly but i could probably sound it out yeah i guess i mean i don't know if i would ever like read i've never find something and then begin to immediately read it out Out loud that's what they do in those movies and i'm like who's who are you reading that to? Yeah. For, for what it's worth, that's part of the the fun of Cabin in the Woods. Is it's very self-referential. And yeah. Like it accepts like while one of the people is reading Latin out loud, another one of the characters is like, "Why? Why are we? Don't down do that. Here? Yeah. Don't do this. I. I actually. Anytime I quote something, I am. I almost start doing a one of Why are we down here? What's going? Don't read the Latin. Wow. Wow. It's dusty oh, in we're here. We're just gonna grill hot dogs. <laughs> Now, you've already had two bowls of kibble. That's from Marley and Me, which is also another horror book you should not read. <laughs> it's horrifying. Um, Andrea, I think um, you're up. Yes. So the one I'm going to read next is The Dead Girls of Hysteria Hall by Kate, Katie Allender. Is that two Kates? <laughs> is it Kate, Katie, or just Katie? No, it's it's Katie. Oh, I thought it was like Kate, Katie. Kate, Katie. I Allender. said Kate, and then I tried to correct myself, and you guys caught me. Sorry, Christina C.T. I'm sure she goes by Kate. We don't know. It's possible. Tell us about this wonderful book. So Delilah gets a new house. Delilah. Delilah. Nope. You hey, were there, you? Delilah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you're doing? No. You guys. Delilah sorry. in the morning. Sorry. Delilah in the morning. Bust- oh, I'm sorry. We're busting hey, your chops. Delilah. You're doing so good. What's no, not like that one. The one who City. read letters and played songs and gave advice. Dear Delilah. Dear Delilah. Oh, I know you're talking about. She's right. She's at a girl tonight. You You look look so pretty. pretty. Yeah, I was singing Delilah's theme song, not Hey There, Delilah, by the Plain White Tees. Tell us about this book. Look at me dropping knowledge. All right. So. I'm going to have to cut all this part out for sure. No. Okay, I'll keep keep it. it I've been convinced. 
Um, Tell us the name of this book again. The Dead Girls of Hysteria Hall. Okay. So this girl's new house, Delilah, is a former, um, I'm going to, Piven Institute for the Care and Correction of Troubled Females. Wowzers. And this was also in a time where the females weren't necessarily troubled. But they were just free-spirited and their family yeah. was like, be gone with you and you and your crazy wills. On yeah. the whole in history, guys have been the worst. Yeah, yellow wallpaper-esque. <laughs> yes. Um, so it earned the nickname Hysteria Hall. But the house still wants to keep the troubled girls locked away. And then in all mysteriousness, so in a horrifying way, Del- Delilah gets trapped. Don't know how. And that's when she finds out the ho- the house is both alive and haunted. Haunted house books. Love haunted house books. Christina? So, uh, I haven't no. started it yet, but it sounds good. Nice. There's someone inside your house. <laughs> by the Stephanie call is Perkins, coming from inside the house. Which, by title alone, signed me right up. And I love Stephanie Perkins. She wrote Anna and the French Kiss, which is one of Andrea's and I's favorite I, books. I love it so much. Not I the same vibe. Not the same vibe. So, <clears throat> one by one, the students of Osborne High are dying in a series of gruesome murders, each with increasing and grotesque flair. As the terror grows closer and the hunt intensifies for the killer, the dark secrets among them must finally be confronted. It's like a teen horror thrash film. Thrasher film. So, like, the 90s, I know what you did last summer when all the high school kids are like, we're going to solve this murder ourselves and do really inane, stupid things. I'm so excited about this. And the cover's amazing. Again, I think it's going to have that sort of merciless vibe where it's very tongue-in-cheek. Like, yes, it's horrifying, but there's some humor there's some really kind of insane elements involved as well. Um, just can't say enough like about how excited I am about that. Nice. Just came out too. Yeah, came out September 27th. Andrea, tapped. Tapped. Oh. You're all out. Look, I gave you like two of my books. It's fine. Um, that's okay <laughs> because we're at now almost 45 minutes. Uh, Christina, how many more you got? One. That's perfect. Oh, and you judge me because I'm out and you only have one more. Well, I didn't mean to make you. I didn't mean to shame you. Hey. I felt shamed. Hey. I'm sorry. Children, I felt attacked. Ch- children? We're professional book nerds. Okay. Zero. Tell us your last book, Christina. Zero professional. Uh, Cinderella and Necromancer. Yep. <laughs> By F.M. Bogan. So this, what got me is it's inspired by a real medieval grimoire of necromancy from 15th century Germany. I keep throwing out big words. It's, I, it's, Fair. it's, it was written, I was on their review, so I didn't come up with that on my own. I didn't know what a grimoire was. I had to Google it. Um, I still don't know what it is, even though I Googled it. Anyway, but still, based off real things from 15th century Germany. So, this is the story of Cinderella, uh, she is, as we re- as we know in the story, it's a retelling. She has this horrible stepmother, horrible stepsisters. And when her brother gets sick, um, she kind of stumbles into this very interesting situation where she finds a necromantic tome while traveling the secret passages of her father's mansion. And from this is able to sort of summon demonic forces and uses them against her stepfamily. Whilst, while, whilst meeting Prince William. So there's the whole story of, like... Kate? Yeah, kind of. You know, she meets Prince William. She has this opportunity to sort of change her fate, but also kind of punish those who have harmed her. So I'm pretty... I mean, Cinderella, necromancer, right there. Nice. Side note, ever since you said this is a story, I've got Lucky by Britney Spears stuck in my head. See, I keep always thinking of, like... It's the story about a girl named Lucky. Oh, I, like, I hate how early morning. I always think of fresh she fence. wakes this up. This is the story of. No, now knock, this is a story. Knock, knock is a story. on the door. All right, both of you stop it. <laughs> <laughs> One more I'll throw in there. Um, it's not new, but the Monstromologist series by Rick Yancey. Rick Yancey is best known for his Fifth Wave books, but before he wrote those, he wrote this awesome series of. Uh, YA horror called The Monstromologist. It's basically a, mon- a monster hunting doctor and his apprentice uh, face off against a plague of monsters. And this is the first one. It's kind of like if you mix H.P. Lovecraft with like Arthur Conan Doyle's Shakespeare. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've been going too long. Uh, Sherlock Holmes books. So it's it's really good. Uh, there's a whole bunch of them. The Monstromologist series by Rick Yancey. Um, so yeah, those are a bunch of of stuff that I think people will really enjoy. 
Thank you to, I don't know why I thought this would go quick. I had you two in the room together with me. We get all sidetracky. I mean, it's not every day someone busts out in Britney Spears. That's true. I'm sure people are very happy about that. You're welcome, listeners. Christina was just staring daggers at me for some reason. Oh, no, I don't. Someone else said that to me today. Like, you were staring daggers at me. I think it's just my face. No, that was yesterday. You gave me a look, and I'm like, what's wrong with you? And you're like, nothing. I'm like, oh, you have like a look of something on your face. It's my mascara. Okay. All right. Well, um, I'm going to sign off with you two now, and I'm going to throw it over actually to myself because. I'm going to do the next part of the podcast or the podcast without you two. But before we do that, <laughs> Andrea, has some, Andrea has something she wants to say as they sign out. I would like to put a PA, PSA. Yeah, PSA out there for all you virgins. Please don't light the black flame candle. That wonderful Hocus Pocus reference was something that she forgot to do last year and has been <laughs> waiting a full year to do. There's a gif on her screen right Oops. now of the Sanderson sisters. We're killing, we're burying it. We're burying your awesome thing. Okay, bye, are. bye, bye, bye. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone, and I'm going to throw it over to myself. Hey, guys, it's Adam again, and I am super excited for this next part of this particular episode. Uh, what I'm doing now is I'm chatting with a good friend of mine, Don Kurtagich, who has been on the podcast before. Um, in case you are relatively new to the podcast, Don has written a couple of different YA horror books. One of them is The Dead House, which is wonderful. And even if I wasn't on the phone with her, I would happily say this. Her second one, And the Trees Crept In, or if you're in the UK, it's called The Creeper Man, is what I would consider literally the best YA horror book ever. And on top of all the wonderful things that she does as an author, I also have become friends with her, which is perhaps the most exciting part for me. So when I knew that we were going to do a YA horror episode, I immediately thought, I need to talk to Dawn about her particular books that she likes. So first off, Dawn, hello. Thank you for fighting through an illness and chatting with me today. Of course. I would chat to you any day of the week, any hour. (laughs) You are the best. Okay, so... For those of you who don't follow Dawn on Instagram and everything, she is not feeling great, and she was up against a deadline, and she's <laughs> still taking time out to talk to us. So I, I love you to death. You're the best. I love you too, and also always, always want to talk about horror and Halloween. Okay, so, uh, so before this, in this particular episode, I was sitting down with actually a couple of big fans of yours in my office talking oh. about why horror books. Um, but like I said, I am curious just to get a couple of book recommendations from you. And then you and I are going to talk about things that we love to do during Halloween. So from the mouth of my favorite why horror person, <laughs> what would be some of the why horror books that you are a fan of either currently or all time? Just basically anything you want to talk about, the floor is yours. You know what? Actually, this has been such a good year for YA horror. There's so much coming out in October. And because I've been stuck in my hermit cave writing quite possibly the hardest, most amazing book I've ever written, I have got four recommendations, books that I've read recently that are coming out that I can't wait for. So the first one I read um, a couple of months ago, and it's a Spanish language book that was translated into English, and it's called Such Small Hands by Andres. And it tells a story of girls in a boarding and the sort of troubling childhood dynamics that happen when you have a group of girls, real adult supervision, and and how nasty and dark very quickly. So I read that one, and I, oh, it was just chilling. It was absolutely chilling. It felt very real. And it's very, very short. It's, I mean, it's not even a novella, really, but it's, it's, it was so chilling and then I researched it and apparently it's based on an actual event that happened in Brazil in a in a girls boarding school in the 60s and so I'll just I'll say that and hopefully you guys will go out and read it but it was absolutely oh amazing I loved it so that's Such Small Hands by Andres Barba um, I, d- I can't remember who translated it but it was fabulous mm-hmm. um, the second one I read in a day 
it's Thornhill <laughs> by Pam Smy, and that's just come out. It is a combination of a graphic novel and a, a an actual normal novel, and it's absolutely beautiful. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, it's so, a hardback. I have to tell it, you, not to cut you off, I have to tell you... Um, I think, did you, was that a book that you posted recently on Instagram, like with uh, several other books that you got? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So my wife, Alex, who I talk about a lot and I actually think, think I talked about it on this podcast, who also is social media friends with Don, she saw that <laughs> post and like gasped out loud and was like, I don't know what that book is, but we need to get it. So yes. I am on, I'm on board for this one. It's actually such a funny story because both Adam and I are married to Alex's. Yes. So we talk about Alex's. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's absolutely stunning. I mean, what I love about books these days is that they are such, they're just pieces of art. And I think that's what a book should be in a whole experience. And this book, oh my goodness, it is such a beautiful book. It's got black pages, black edging. Um, the, the author and illustrator is just amazing. I watched some interviews with her on YouTube. Her name's Pam Smy. And she talks about the process of writing this book. It was this labor of love, but essentially it's another, it's another sort of boarding school story. It's not, it's, it's an orphanage. Um, and again, it talks about the dynamics of girls. And to be honest, girls can be kind of some of the most horrifying things <laughs> to other girls. I think I went to several boarding schools and I can attest to this. <laughs> but so, yeah, little girls can be just horrible creatures like monsters. <laughs> Yes. But this book is so beautiful because it's it's a parallel timeline. So you've got a, t- a 2017 timeline that's told purely in, in illustration, no words at all. And then you've got these diary entries from a girl in this boarding school in 1982. Um, so it's really cool. I'm not going to say more than that, but it's absolutely brilliant. And I highly recommend it. It's very chilling. It's weird. It's 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 dark and it's it's. It's got this whole atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Plus, the author was inspired by Jane Eyre, which is again one of my favorite, you know, gothic. Oh man, yeah, you. I can guarantee you, Alex is going to purchase this like as soon as yeah. you and I stop recording. You know, she and I need to talk some more because I have a feeling we're going to get on so well. Absolutely. Uh, the third one I read uh, was *The Call* by pa- uh, pa- is it Peter Peter O'Gillen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, an Irish author. Um, so this one's not new at all, but it's new to me. And I, I devoured it. I loved it. It was so... It was like an adventure story with horror. It was like The Hunger Games with genuine horror. I, have you heard about it? I have not. It's so... Okay, so um, it basically the premise of this book is that the Irish uh, banished the Sheetha, who are the fair folk of, of Ireland legend, um, to this hellish world centuries before. Um and as a result of this, they are being punished by the Sheetha who kidnap or sort of summon the adolescents of Ireland to this hellish world for 24 hours at some point in their lives between the ages of something like 12 and 18. And they are tormented there and they have to survive for 24 hours. In the human world, it's only three minutes. But in the Sheetha world, which is literally like my conception of hell, it's like sulfur lakes. Oh. and black skies and it's, it's a horrible horrible place not to mention the sea there who can you know warp your bones and do all kinds of painful things to you so you have to survive for 24 hours and it's it's a really horrible horror scenario oh. and you've got this main character who is disabled and right from the beginning everyone's telling her she's never going to survive because she can't walk properly and not. the only thing you can do in this world is run oh. and she's determined she's going to survive but then there's ho- this whole other subplot about the Shiva coming back to take over their lands and but it's truly horrifying you know I thought I was just in for an adventure story kind of like the Hunger Games this is college where they train and they have to get fit and fight which I love but then you've got these horrific things that happen to these kids you know they they come back from the land they just appear and they're like ashes or they're deformed or they're just dead or they've been transformed into half a rock and horrible, horrible stuff. Yeah. I, I absolutely divide that. And there's a sequel. There's a sequel that's just been released. So I'm going to go buy it as soon as I can leave the house. <laughs> my house. <laughs> um, and the last one I have is actually the Spellbook for the Lost and Found by Moira Fowley Doyle. Now, this one's not horror. Mm-hmm. But it's, it quite possibly is the, my favorite YA book of the last few years. 
Um, it is so eerie. There's something truly disturbing about it, even though it isn't a horror. And I love that when it's unexpected. And it follows um, a series of girls, again, um, they find a spell book to recall lost things. And they perform this spell, and then things just start getting lost all over town and start appearing all over town. It's a very, very complicated, strange, eerie uh, book. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it horror, but I would certainly call it chilling. And I very much enjoyed it. So it's another Irish author. Um, so... Go Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited. So I have a, a question for you. We were, Joe, before we started recording the beginning of this episode where I said I went through with uh, my friends Christine and Andrea and we went through a bunch of YA horror. There's this, I think there's like a common misconception that YA horror is hard to find. So as someone who both writes it and, and reads it extensively, where do you go? Like, is there a certain like? Do you look at certain websites for why horror recommendations? Or I'm just curious where you come across them, so that people can maybe learn how to find them in the wild a little bit easier. Yeah, actually, I do agree that why horror is a bit harder to find. The place that I find it mostly is uh, on Twitter, and this is so funny, but it's actually my readers who recommend my books to me a lot of the time because I I post on Instagram, on Twitter, and I ask you guys for recommendations. Um, so actually, I would love to know the answer to this question because I'm always and still looking for such great recommendations. Although I did find one website, um, it's called StackedBooks.org. Mm-hmm. And they have a whole page uh, that's YA Horror Reads of 2017. And they just list all of these YA horror books that are coming out or have come out this year. And I've only just discovered it this morning. So this is that's probably the only resource that I currently know, apart mm-hmm. from word of mouth. But, I mean, they've got absolute gems listed here. Um, and I've, I've bought a few horrors that I haven't read but I will be reading very soon. Among them, uh, Gwendy's Button Box. I know that's not YA, but it's mm-hmm. it's 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 about a girl, and it's a Stephen King. Um, I've got Hunting Prince Dracula, which is I think more of a thriller. Um, it's the sequel to Hunting, um, no, Stalking Jack the Ripper. Yes, that came out last year. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that so, one. So actually, can I tell? Um, I the the author of that, Carrie Maniscalco. I uh, I got to sit down and chat with her at in at an event, and she's actually going to be on the podcast in a couple of weeks. Um, oh my gosh! I want to talk to her so badly. She is incredible. She's this tiny little pixie woman, and she is. It's <laughs> like everything about her was wonderful. And actually, I will tell you. So I I tell people this all the time about the podcast because of the you know the I want to make sure I've read everything about the people I, I sit down with they sent me the books uh ahead of time and so I read them and then speaking of my Alex again she read them as well Alex loved these books so much that despite the fact that we had free copies she went out and purchased uh additional copies because she's like this girl's amazing I want to make sure that I also am paying for these books as well so she oh my god I they yeah. are highly recommended by my Alex so you will love them I I'm I love your Alex so much because actually I had the arc for Stalking Jack the Ripper and I've also gone out and bought my own copy. I do that all the time because I I just oh, I have this thing I I just I have to support the authors and then if if it's a book I truly love like the Spell Book of the Lost and Found uh-huh. I will be getting that when it comes out in different formats. I mean yeah. it just it's, good. it's I mean there's one of my favorite books I own like eight different copies of it. Yeah <laughs> just, oh yeah. That's us too, yeah. and the biggest problem for us is running out of. We have a finite amount of space, so it's uh, <laughs> the eternal problem. I hate, I hate getting rid of books. I just never do it ever. I, oh, I, you know what? I, I'll make a I'll make a bed out of books. <laughs> <laughs> books before food. Absolutely. So okay. So here's the so here's the most important part of our conversation, and the reason that we're talking not at all because we would be talking anyway, but. You started posting some stuff on Twitter at the, I think it was like in September, just about Halloween in general, because we are both massive Halloween nerds. So I'm curious, and this is a leading question because I know part of your answer, but are there things that you do every year to celebrate Halloween? Like what, like what are your Halloween traditions? Oh yeah, I okay. So firstly, you should know that Halloween is not so big in the UK, but that's changing in large part thanks to me. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> but yes, there are things I do every single year. So every Halloween, I um, 
well, it's actually every time autumn just even begins to happen, I start decorating for fall. And that includes um, fall leaves and orange candles and things like that, but also little skulls. And I start getting these jelly sticker things that you put up on the window that say like, happy Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I get like pumpkin lights out. So basically from the 1st of October till the 31st of October is Halloween in this house. <laughs> Um, every Halloween, I watch The Nightmare Before Christmas. That's right. Clearly. I also watch it every Christmas. <laughs> of course, obviously. I'm so obsessed. I was literally listening to the soundtrack before our call, singing oh. quite bad. <laughs> oh, we are such kindred spirits. And I think I told you this um, the first time we ever met and spoke, because we were, of course, talking about it at that point as well. I actually have um, the last line of the movie when Jack says uh, to, to Sally when they're singing and she says, you know, we're simply meant to be. I literally have a tattoo for my wife that says simply meant to be on, oh on my, my body. Oh my gosh, I want that. Yeah. I it, want that. <laughs> I will, uh, when we stop recording, I'll, I'll find a way to like get you a picture of it. And Please. Yeah. Why don't you put it on your Instagram and then we can all like, Gushing. <laughs> all right, I will. For you, I will do like, that. That's my anniversary gift. You have to get me the last line. <laughs> that's pretty. Yeah, it's, and then actually, it's. I joking all the time. I have. I have a bunch of tattoos now. And like when I first used to get them, I would think about them for like six months, and you know, make sure I would still like them. For this one, we were watching it one day together, and it's always been a movie my wife and I have watched all the time since we started dating, and like. <laughs> We watched it at the end, and she's like, oh, that should be your next tattoo. And, like, the next day, I went and got it. Like, I didn't have oh to, no second thoughts. <laughs> that is absolutely perfect. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it, uh, it's, so we're big, dork, we're big Nightmare Before Christmas uh, dorks as well. I was also listening it, to it this morning before I called you, so. Actually, I have a bit of trivia about the Nightmare Before Christmas that I didn't know. So, you know, it was one of the first claymation sort of stop animation films yes. that, that we did. Um, since something like 2003, it's not. It's been digitized, so it's not actually the same. Really? The same film. Yeah, they digitized it. So, any if you've watched it after 2003, any edition that's been released since I think between 2003 and 2006, it's not actually. It's been digitized. It's been re redone. Something like that. Oh. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, that's really interesting. <laughs> oh man. Huh. Well, listen. I I think we have both an old version and a new yeah. version, so I will have to closely compare it this week. I do as well. I, I literally learned that a few days ago, so I'm going to I'm gonna have a, a look and yeah. see. So I thought it was just they updated the music and cleared mm. it up, but apparently they've digitized it completely. So before I let you go for this part, and by let you go, I mean stop recording, and then you and I can keep chatting <laughs> off the podcast. Are there other things that you do to celebrate Halloween, or is that kind of the big one? Um, the other thing I do is um, for the last couple of years I've thrown a Halloween party and then on so I'll do that a few days before Halloween all my friends dress up and then I try to scare them Um, but then Halloween evening it's always just my husband and I and what I usually do is I throw down all the pillows I create a kind of blanket fort in the lounge Uh (laughs) I make pizza and I do little scary snacks and then we watch either Nightmare Before Christmas or some other kind of horror film um, and it's it's so cuddly and it's so nice. Um, we don't have kids that trick or treat. We always do the pumpkins and things, but it's quite nice because we just have the night to ourselves, and it's so intimate and cute, and I love it. Uh, well, Don, you are the absolute best. I'm gonna stop the recording part part of this, and then you and I will keep chatting. But thank you so much for the book recommendations. As always, I adore you. Thank you for having me again. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.